Hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition, holiday edition of the Club Cool Podcast. That's right. The clubhouse doors are open. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and I am here joined, as always, with a very festive, very jolly Phil Battaglia. What's going on, Phil? Yo. Yeah, this is our uh, this is our last show of the year. Can you believe it? I cannot. 2019, it came and it went. It did its thang thang. We are, uh, we're really, just a lot of stuff happening here at the end, last month of the year, you know? People are getting impeached, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got movies, a lot of movies coming out. Uh-huh. Those are the two things that I, th- I thought, like, were just most related to one another. Yeah. Lots of, po- you know, positively reviewed award bait films coming out and the, uh, and the, our president being impeached. Correct. Just those two things, kind of like, feel like the, the just the, you know. The biggest blips on the radar, mm-hmm. if you will. We're going to do a, a wall-to-wall impeachment special, too. Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, part one, part two, and part three. It's just nothing but impeachment talk today. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We are going to talk about the documentary on HBO about Ralph Lauren called Very Ralph, which I watched last night. And uh, and then we're just going to have some Christmas some Christmas talk, man. We're just going to talk about holidays, being back home, and uh, you know, just shoot the shit a little bit, see where it goes. Phil... I've got an update for you, though, before we jump into any of that. The intersection, mm-hmm. it's moving. We're, we're changing intersections. Yeah. Yeah, for 2020. We're going to meet instead of, uh, of the intersection of style and pop culture. We're going to be at the intersection of impeachment and global affairs. Perfect. Yes. A lot, you, we, jo- we joked about this before, you know, about being a, a geopolitics podcast. Now it's really happening. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. Um, we're staying right here. Although, I got to be honest with you. I have... This part's no joke. I've entertained a name change of the podcast. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I hate it. You hate it. You, yes. You're in on the name. You do not think we should change. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, Do you want to reveal some of I'm the candidates? I'm convinced. Um, yeah. So, I've, I've considered before either basically just calling it The Club or calling it The Intersection dropping the cool mm. um drop the the it's cleaner yeah that's a reference to the social network uh okay well i don't like either one of those <laughs> okay well i mean hey look I, that's if, if y'all if, if the cool if the cool kids which they'd have to change their name too they they yeah they, no see they could still be the cool kids I just, you know, y'all weigh in and send Barrett some hate mail. You, for that. you can, you can, you can give me all the feedback, positive or negative, that you want about that. Um, here's something that's not changing: Patreon.com/slash/ClubCool. I yesterday, I put out a little last-minute gift guide, and if you go check it out today, Patreon.com/slash/ClubCool. That's today, Thursday. There's probably still some stuff on there that you can get in time if you need last minute gifts. But it's also just like a nice little like it's just a it's another good little editorial in, in case you want to look at some cool shit either for yourself or for friends or family or for your for your lady friend or or what have you. I think it's a great list. And then what I want to do this month, you and I, what we'll put out next week, we're, we're no podcast next week, so we'll do something on Patreon. Usually we do our best shit on the internet. We do it at a pretty low price point. I'm going to change the game a little bit. I want to do like a little exercise because people have Christmas cash. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're going to say that we have $500 of Christmas cash to spend. 
and I want you to give me three different ways I love that. to spend it. It can be one item that you think is a must-have, or you can spread it around. You can buy 10 things. Love it. You can you can buy four cases of wine if that's what you think is is the right move. You that, know what I okay. mean? <laughs> that's not the move. Get, get four me. cases of wine. Yeah. It's an investment. You store it in a cellar properly. You wait 30 years. No. And then you profit. <laughs> that's one way. Great I idea. I just gave you one for free. I, so I won't put that one on patreon.com slash club cool. Come join us. Come support the podcast. Come support Phil and I. We are there. We're putting stuff out. We're doing fun things there. And you're just, you know, it's it's the best way to directly say we like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that. Um, next week, like I said, no podcast. But who knows? Maybe I'll just go live on IG from the crib. Probably not. But I you can should. I can do like another or, or a Q&A, an end of the year Q&A. You can ask us what's what's next for us in 2020, mm-hmm. and I'll ask you guys the same thing. What's uh, what's next for you in 2020? Um, so yeah, very Ralph Christmas talk. That is all coming up. But first, Phil, let's take a quick break and talk about Hawthorne. Love those guys. Hawthorne, some of the best, if not the absolute best, grooming and self care and smell good product in the entire world. I agree. You just went to Hawthorne.co, did you not? Yeah. And you f- took the quiz. It was so easy. How how much fun and e- and how much fun and how easy was the quiz? Well, it's it's one of those quizzes where you know you initially you think, man, I don't want to do this, and it's so easy. It's very it's very so easy. easy, and they ask the right questions in the right way. It's one click. There's no content that you have to put in any sort of text box. No. Describe yourself. No. They have all the questions figured out. Having really nice. Bath and body product and stuff that smells good is super important. And it's not always easy to get the right stuff. You walk into Sephora, you walk into a department store, it can be pretty overwhelming, mm-hmm. the, the sheer number of choices that are out there. You don't have to scroll through everything, reading reviews, trying to figure out what's right for you, what's right for your hair type or your skin type. That's why Hawthorne takes care of all of that for you. You go to hawthorne.co and you fill out the quiz and... Uh, it's as easy as that. It gives you your whole regimen, everything you need from the the unbelievably good smelling fragrance. Mm-hmm. They give you one for work, one for play, if Ooh. you so choose. You get shampoos, conditioners, body wash, bar soap, deodorant, the whole shebang, completely kitted out. So here's what you do. Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot co and use my code cool you're going to get 10 percent off of your purchase it's a great deal the stuff is amazing phil's going to be rolling in smell goods in no time here tomorrow tomorrow package shows God, up tomorrow Can't how wait. quick was that shipping man yeah. and uh yeah man it's just it's great stuff you're gonna love it the packaging is crisp it's clean it looks great in your bathroom everything is amazing and it all smells really really wonderful so check it out that's Hawthorne with an E dot CO. Use the code cool. Get 10% off of your purchase. All right, Phil. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this documentary, Very Ralph, which you guys can all go look at on uh, and view on HBO. What you got going on? Oh, uh, just testing <laughs> a few things out over here. You'll see. <laughs> Swarovski. That what you're going to tell? <laughs> no, no. Um, I thought that this overall, 
It was a solid watch. It was enjoyable. It was. It wasn't mind blowing. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't like knock my socks off with new and fascinating information, but it was a nice kind of overview of arguably the most important American designer ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it. it and I, I. I like I said, it didn't. It didn't like shock me with new information that I didn't kind of have some grasp of already, but it was certainly, you know, it gave you. It gave you like a, a a nuanced way to think about the brand. It kind of revealed some of those things that that maybe you sort of knew, but but weren't really like too knowledgeable about. Just the fact that like he is basically kind of the OG as far as men's lifestyle goes. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just making clothes or accessories. You're making a you're making a brand that that people want to live inside of. And he kind of was the first to to really do that, especially for men's fashion. And I mean, so many people like kind of owe that to him. Like the 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 debt that that they can pay is basically, you know, you think about somebody like Teddy Santa said, Amy Leon Dorp, one of the patron saints of uh, patron saint brands of this podcast. And we talk about how kind of incredible and singular his vision is, and how he puts it together so well. In like the blog posts and in the lookbooks and in like this this mood that you just want to kind of be a part of, and it's like that's kind of all owed to Ralph Lauren doing it mm-hmm. first. So I thought that that was that was really cool and that was interesting to kind of get a grasp on. Um, a word that got tossed around a lot in this documentary was romance, and that was not something that I had ever kind of. Th- thought about in relation to Ralph Lauren, but it's one of the main themes that I took away because when I think about what I personally like about Ralph Lauren so much, and for me, I'm, I'm especially into double RL. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's, that's my favorite piece yeah. of Ralph Lauren mm-hmm. is kind of the Southwestern Colorado, Texas ranch vibe that he executes so well. And it's like, it's it, that, that's, that's a perfect description of what he captures in those clothes is romance it's the it's the dream of like of walking out to the porch of your you know hundred acre thousand acre property in colorado and like sipping your cup of coffee Mm -hmm. just like wrapped up in the most luxurious native print cashmere linen cardigan the all the way down to the floor and you're wrapping it up with 14 belts and it's just like you know what I mean? He does just a like, brilliant job of really putting forward his vision um, for the, not just for the brand, but for each collection. And it's one of those things like, I don't know what the hell Tom Brown, like when you watch one of those shows, you're like, well, I don't know what he's supposed to, what we're supposed to be feeling with this. It's just madness and yep. crazy. But I mean, I get it. It's his vision. But like with Ralph Lauren, like you are, you can close your eyes after seeing that and put yourself in a cabin in Wyoming and it, it just all it all comes together, I think, and um, it's because he's been doing it for so long, and he has like a very, very, very clear vision in his head for each collection. He knows exactly what he wants. Yes, totally. Um, and that goes from everything from the clothing to all the aesthetics that are involved. Yeah, there were a, a lot of good still frames in the documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, as they're kind of panning over some of the the advertisements and the the layouts and the the marketing material that that they've put out over the years. At one point, there is a really nice shot of like of uh, two models, and the female model is wearing this big quilted patchwork jacket. And so I th- I started thinking about that. 
started thinking about our other kind of patron saint brand here, Bodie, mm-hmm. and how much I, I can now see the influence of Ralph Lauren on her stuff, especially with the new brick and mortar, where it's all that kind of like dark wood paneling and like this very homey vibe, which is another thing that Ralph Lauren has done so well is just like is made you feel although what he's predominantly putting out is clothes and and yes they have a house a home line and all of that stuff you just you always get a sense of place mm-hmm. as well with the collection where i mean and just to to kind of piggyback on your point it's like you watch the tom brown stuff come down the runway and there's no specific place no there it's outer space it, yeah or where would or or even where would you wear something like e- e- even the the stuff that that makes it to a store the super cropped gray tweed suiting and like all that stuff like there's no that stuff doesn't make you feel you you know of a place uh-huh. of a of a location and Ralph Lauren's always does you feel that cabin you feel that yacht you feel that house in the Hamptons. The polo you feel field. the polo field. Yeah. Like and everything all- surrounding the polo field. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I just, th- and that's something that I've kind of talked about with Bodie as well, is that it just like taps a nerve for me that makes me feel like home. Yeah. Kind of. There's when, something, there's something warm about it. When we were like my first time ever to New York city, um, I think I was 13 or 14. I don't remember. But anyway, one of the things that sticks out the most on that trip was going to the Ralph Lauren store on Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. It's crazy. And like that was so long ago, and I still remember little details about walking in there and everything that's in there. It's multiple levels. You feel like you just walked into Ralph Lauren's own brownstone yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what he wants you to feel like. Yes. And it is just such an experience. Um, and that was long before people were worried about shopping experiences. You know? Right, right. No, yeah. That's uh, later in the documentary, they definitely touch on that quite a bit, mm-hmm. actually, about how he, you know, he would, at, at, at one point, he would walk into the department stores and the way that things were set up and merchandised were not conveying what he wanted them to convey. They weren't true to the vision, which is what inspired him to, like, open his own brick and mortars. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that just that actually increased the business in the department stores because people were able to get such a you know a larger taste of what the brand was meant to be mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but yeah, it, I mean the next next trip to New York, the Polo Bar is high on my list. Ah, he, there's a bar slash restaurant which I believe is just called the Polo Bar. It's a tough reservation to get. Really, but it it it. It takes this, it <laughs> it diffuses this like you know, the juice of the Ralph Lauren brand, <laughs> and, and turns it into a cocktail, a cocktail lounge. It's you can a, consume the brand. You can, yeah, essentially. But it looks really, really. Anything cool. that gets me closer to being Ralph Lauren, I'm in. <laughs> That's another takeaway for me from that documentary. Is man, do I love him as a person? Yeah, let's talk about Ralph a little bit. He he. Whenever I watch a guy like Ralph Lauren, it's always it's it is uh, it's inspiring. It's somewhat depressing as well because we talk sometimes. We'll you and I have talked about just like guys with effortless style. Yeah, 
for me, he is the definition of a guy that wears clothes. They do not wear him. <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like he is so perfect and uh-huh. he looks perfect, flawless in uh-huh. everything that he puts on. And I think part of that is is right up front, early in the documentary, they talk about how from from early on, he was just having tailors make his clothes. He he wasn't finding what he wanted. And so he would buy stuff and take it to his tailor, or he would just have his tailor like create it. And I think he's never lost that. Everything fits him mm-hmm. perfectly. And he would appear to be either our size he, or smaller. He, he, yes, totally. He is a small guy. Yeah. And everything. Like, it, it, there's a couple of interviews where he's wearing what appears to be like a, a, like a thin striped navy and white t-shirt under a kind of a blue and white flannel. And it's just, it's so... Yeah. Every time he popped up in that specific interview, I was just like, I want to wear that. Yeah, <laughs> all his all his denim on denim stuff. The way the way he wears boots, you know, he, talk, the, he, he yeah. talks a lot about his love for Western culture and Western boots uh-huh. specifically. The way he puts together jeans and boots, I don't know how he's doing it because I sure as shit. I, I a recurring theme on this podcast. I know that you guys you y'all ask a lot. I I try to figure this out a lot. I went on another round of jean shopping for a pair of boots that I own, for a pair of Western boots. Nah. No luck again. It's just, it's just you know not. What I'm doing? It's just not happening. I'm um, since I had like these little baby legs. Mm-hmm. I, so the boots, I have one pair of boots, and they're snakeskin and they're dope. Mm-hmm. And the problem with them is the the shaft is yeah. like, you know, we've talked about this. Yeah. It needs to be tapered. It's too big. So I will fold that bitch over and put them and shove them into. Not necessarily skinny jeans because they're, they're not that skinny, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Okay. And I don't give a shit. I think it looks good. Okay. You're, they, but they're loose enough to fold. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see, that's hu- the shaft is massive. The, the specific problem I the one pair of boots I have, I've got some jeans that they fit nicely under. Another pair, the shaft is like an inch and a half taller, and it's really, really rigid, mm-hmm. and I can't get it to break in. Yeah. And so it is creating just mayhem underneath. Any pair of jeans that I tried, and I, I, I got to get this figured out. I got to like, I, I don't know what to do. I need them. I, I need somebody to just like massage the leather of the shaft. Yeah. Until <laughs> massage the shaft. They, they got they got to massage the shaft. Yeah. Until it's until they're broken in and they yeah. can slide better under some jeans, man. I don't know. It's it's, it's a, mess. a tough look, dude. And and he makes it look all of his ranch wear that he wear that he pulls off. Like you look at it, and you're like, I could wear that, and then you go and try it. Yeah, you look yeah. like a buffoon. And and I just so so all that to say, Ralph is one of these guys that is so effortlessly stylish, and it's like, no matter how much knowledge I have, no matter how much I love clothes, no matter how many things I own in my closet, like no matter how no matter how good I think I am at putting things together, like you just that's like an impossible peak to reach, mm-hmm. basically. You know, it is those guys that just like, that just pull it off like that. Like it's like it's it's uh, it's just absolutely second nature to them. So it was it was great to see him, watch him through the years, see what he was wearing. I love all the scenes of him just like in his clothing, kind of like directing the models. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, is his work with female models. Uh, I liked the point that he kind of zagged when everybody was zigging and he stripped down all the makeup and the hair lacquer right. and the 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 pomp and circumstance of women's fashion 
and kind of took it down to like what he liked in women, which was like very natural beauty, very minimal makeup, long hair, that like that whole look, which I, I re- which I just really appreciate. And I also felt kind of kindred spirits with him because, you know, his wife, Ricky talked a little bit about this, about how he would, he would kind of like want her in these more menswear ish looks, Mm -hmm. right? Tailored shirts and tweed blazers and tuxedos and jeans and t-shirts. And that's always how I air on women's fashion as well. Like whenever I'm like picking stuff for Laura or like whenever I think about like, Oh, this would be cool. That would be cool. It's always like menswear inspired stuff. Yeah. Is what is what I <clears throat> right is what I lean towards. Is what I you know gravitate towards. And I've always kind of thought that that was that I'm just kind of like projecting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I really like menswear, so that's what looks attractive to me for right. women as well. Right. So it was it was nice to see that Ralph that that's how Ralph Lauren goes too. Because I was like, okay, maybe this is a it's this is an acceptable it you, is. this is this is an appropriate vision for some women's wear. Like I just think women look great in like the menswear inspired pieces. I, mm-hmm. I like that look. So, you know, so does Ralph. Props he to knows. Ralph. And he knows. He knows. Um yeah, what else you got? It great to hear like he's got no formal training. Yeah, that's he doesn't sketch, he doesn't design, he just has the eye. <clears throat> yeah, and a lot of that, you know, he's Super, super talented, but don't you think that it's just really decent, not great timing, but decent timing on his part to have started the Thai company and grown it to where it is today? I mean, starting that now, it would be very difficult. Yes. The, the, he, he was absolutely with no training, like a, that. a lot of luck, yeah, a lot of, um, great timing. But then to give him his due, he, he also was just committed, you know? Mm-hmm. He lived in New York in a time where craftsmanship and worksmanship, as it pertained to like tailoring and sewing, was also far more accessible. More people knew how to sew. There were more seamstresses. Mm -hmm. There were more like like, making clothing was still a little bit closer to home in that era. Not everything, not 95% of things were just like being outsourced to China and India to to get made right Mm -hmm. and so just to speak from a little bit of experience uh back at grand x when we were we were trying to prototype a fleece and we wanted like some kind of funky obscure pockets on the outside of of what was what basically boiled down to like a take on a patagonia snap tee and so i was like kind of frankensteining together these pieces and i could find one person in austin that would basically like sew the pockets onto this prototype for me you know what i mean like that that was and it was she was difficult to find Mm -hmm. and then it was expensive to do you know what that that so 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 watching this documentary i think about i just think about that like what it what it kind of takes to go to go have your design just made and it's expensive and Mm -hmm. difficult to do today especially if you're not in new york like it's just hard to find the people to kind of help you make that first that first step in creating your your garment or your accessory or your tie or whatever. Right. So you know, again, he wasn't going to stop until he got what he wanted made, and then he persevered through a lot of 
obstacles as well. And so like the guy is 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 incredible and the empire that he built is is applaudable, absolutely. But it definitely a lot of right place, right time. Great vision though. But great vision, absolutely. And great hair. That dude's got a nice head of hair. He does. Um tell me what you think about this. There was a lot of talk about how he doesn't go out much mm-hmm. about how he really likes to be at home with his family. Mm-hmm. He, he and I was just kind of I was wondering if you think that his do you think that he's adapted enough over the last half century to, to what yeah the current style and stuff? Yeah, do you think that like I don't know. There was there was just a piece of me that was kind of wondering because because Ralph Lauren has suffered some mm-hmm. Some valleys. I mean, it's been around forever, so that's 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 absolutely natural. No clothing company is ever just going to be hot for for seventy five years or sixty years or fifty years. But it it was curious I, I, to me, and, and I started thinking about that, especially like about halfway through when they were talking about all the lifestyle and they kept showing like all of these pieces of his vision, and I was like, man, this is the most whitewashed, waspy. Like, it's all from his house. You know, just kind of um, in 2019, almost cringeworthy, like quote unquote aspirational lifestyle stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that that I've ever seen, and it's uh-huh. like he was so committed to it. And in some ways, I'm not sure that he's still not. He, I think he is, still is pretty committed to that. They talk about how he's like he's a dreamer. He still has this very idealistic view of the American dream and about what that entails and what it means. So I, I'm just throwing the idea out there that that I wonder if, you know, a little bit more world experience could have kind of inspired him to go in some other directions that could have been interesting. Yeah. Well, I w- you you would hate to see like Ralph Lauren all of a sudden come out with a line that looks like like Ovadia and Sons or something like just way off, and that would really suck. I think he's definitely suffered from not um not changing with the times i think that double rl like that is just such a classic line and a lot of his stuff is so classic mm-hmm. that it, it kind of sets the tone it doesn't kind of you know adhere to what else what everybody else is doing yeah yeah and then also when they show you like glimpses of his homes plural like <laughs> There's plenty of inspiration to be had out there. That's true, and and and, and it it encapsulates everything that Ralph Lauren. Is, I also I I just want to say I totally understand that, and he says this in the documentary, and people talk about it. Anna Wintour mentions it. She's like, Ralph has always said that he doesn't want to be too hot. He yeah. don't want to be cold, but he don't want to be too hot either. He just wants to be steady, like a Nike, like Coca Cola, right? And he's there. I think mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren is there. Everything that he's always he's always wanted to be timeless, sophisticated, and I I get that. Well, I guess so. So I'm really just kind of raising the question because for me, new experiences and open mindedness are are things that shape like an interesting worldview. And his look has been really homogenous for long stretches of time. And so I just really my 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 only question is is whether or not a little bit more influence from outside of this kind of like singular vision mm-hmm. 
would be a negative or a positive for the brand overall. That's it. Yeah. Something uh, and 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 I I love double RL. Like if if this documentary made me want to do any anything, it's go buy a bunch more double RL. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're going to if we don't get hit by a bus, we're going to see the changing of the guard with Ralph Lauren, the the brand and the company. Yeah, so which will which we'll see what happens. I, a sad day to think about, yeah. but uh, but yeah, and and you know, even even though I just posed that question, I don't know if Ralph Lauren's the same without Ralph. Right. You know, he, he without his, it's like Apple without Steve Jobs mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So, um, the other thing that you just kind of touched on a little bit that I think is important to mention. Ralph has always made what he thinks is cool, not what he thinks other people will think is cool or what he thinks will sell. And I think that it, that is every successful person from a brand that I've ever, you know, met or encountered or talked to or read about. Th- that is a common denominator. Yeah. Always. You always fu- you, you 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 trust in your vision and what you th- because that's what at the end of the day, that's kind of what this is about. You 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 get out there, you make you make clothing, you start a brand, you do whatever it is that you you put your creative fingerprints on something because you believe in in what you have to say and your vision, and then you don't let the outside perspective change or influence that. That's when you start making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Is when you start saying, "Well, I really like this, but I think that this will do better." Right. I think that pe- people. The quote unquote they the people will like this better. You can't do that. None of the none of the greats ever have. So that's the takeaway, kids. That's a it is a large takeaway. I think it's essential to success in the clothing and the fashion industry. You got to be true to you. You got to do what you think is cool, and let other people follow. There you go. That lead. Um, yeah, man. Any other notes on uh on very Ralph? No, go watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's worth it's worth the hour forty minutes for sure, and it's nice to just uh, it's an easy watch too. So you can you don't have to see everything. You can throw yeah. it on and and move around and do something else and and still largely get the the feel. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, Ralph is uh he's one of the goats. That's for sure. All right, before we jump into some Christmas chat, Phil. Let's talk about another badass brand. Mm-hmm. Talking about Outer Known. Hanging off the back of your chair right now. It is hanging off the back of my chair. What is on the back of my chair right now is a jacket that I've talked about. It's the reversible puffer jacket. And I I, I really can't say enough good things about it. Today is Thursday. This is the fourth day in a row that I've that I've worn it. Yeah. It's the the weather has been right for it. And it is the easiest thing to just throw on and go. It's warm, but it's really light. And it, at first I was like, I don't know about this whole reversible thing. I, I've been switching it. You've been switching it. I've been switching. Yeah, it's been great. Um, I, I uh, it, it's on the 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 navy side right now. Uh-huh. But the two days before that, I had it on the bright blue side. I love it. It's a dark navy too, folks. Yeah, and this jacket isn't the only incredible garment that they have. Uh, everything on their website is great quality, it all fits great, and it's all good for people and planet. Outer Known is out to make high quality, sustainable clothes with durable construction. 
And uh, and we love them for that. They are on a mission to provide great clothes that don't harm the environment. They only work with factories that pay fair living wages. All important things to think about in this day and age, in 2019, especially as it relates to clothing and fashion, which can be a very, very wasteful uh, industry, as we well know. So I wear this incredible jacket. It looks good. It feels good. And I feel good about supporting this brand. You should, too. Go to OuterKnown.com. That's O-U-T-E-R-K-N-O-W-N.com. Use my code COOL at checkout for 25% off. I'm not totally sure about shipping for the holidays, but you might as well go see. Yeah. It's worth overnighting, and I promise you that. Somebody's going to love this gift. They also carry the Veja shoes for men and women. Big fan of those. Mm -hmm. They're super cool, super low-key, very well-priced. My code COOL gets you 25% off of those as well. Phil, how's, how's that jacket been treating you? Love it. Wear it all the time. Founded by pro surfer, 11-time world champion Kelly Slater. We really cannot say enough good things about Outer Known. I've been living in this jacket. Go get the puffer. Go get some t-shirts. Go get some sneakers. Go get Just go get one of everything, man. I've been wearing the shit out of that uh, pocket tee, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like it? Very comfortable. Great color. Yeah. Great wash. High quality. OuterKnown.com. The code is cool. 25% off of your full price order. You will not regret it. And uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Okay, Phil. Let's talk some Christmas before we get on up out of here. Okay. You headed home soon? Yeah, we're going to Ashley's uh, family this weekend. And then um, Monday, we're going to Beaumont. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does your how does your holiday, holidays at the house... What's the what's the dress like? Is everybody in comfies or is everybody fully dressed, looking dapper the whole the whole time? When we're having lunch, mm-hmm. everybody's fully dressed. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if we're lounging, we're lounging. But you know, I'd say past ten a.m., everybody's pretty dressed. Pretty dressed. Yeah. yeah. How 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 do the drinks flow around there? What's everybody like to consume? Um, you know, my parents really don't drink that often. So it's really just, it's actually, <laughs> um, I, I will say this. My dad will have a, uh, a scotch or a bourbon. So do you just have to like bring your own case of wine? You bring, you bring that cooler, case of wine. you bring that cooler with yeah. your Pacificos and your, and your yeah. slices of lime in the mason jar. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, no, we'll bring a couple bottles of wine. Let me give you, can I give you a recommendation? Yeah. This is for all of y'all out there. You need to go to Total One. And you need to find the Pennsylvania Dutch brand of eggnog, of the pre-mixed eggnog. Even if you're not a Nog fan, you're going to like this. Oh, I'm not a Nog fan. It's so good. I've tried the other brands. This one is the best. It's got the alcohol in it. It's got the alcohol in it. The consistency is perfect. The taste is great. It's not too sweet. <laughs> it, you, you, you get the bite. You get the bite from the bourbon and the brandy and all that. But it's like it's not overly strong. Uh-huh. It's a perfect nightcap. It's great for dessert. I just I, you keep it in the fridge. I like to drop one ice cube in, a little sprinkle of nutmeg. Boom, dude. It, 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 I'm telling you what, man. Total Wine sells out of this brand. Of it. Really? They do. Yes. Yes. People go crazy for nog, man. It's this is the best one. It's a, it makes a great gift for any noggers in your family as well. <laughs> Pennsylvania but, Dutch. But this is Pennsylvania Dutch. This yeah. is why it's also here's why I think it's a good suggestion because. It's really approachable for people that don't drink all that much either. Mm-hmm. You just get a little because it's sweet. It's it's yeah. it's dessertish, mm-hmm. so it's just a little. You know, you just get a little smidge, you get a low alcohol, yeah. but it you're not like having a full on 
cocktail. Uh, yeah, or milkshake. Or, right. As eggnog is concerned. And the problem the, here, the problem with buying it from the grocery store and then making your own, you're never going to get the consistency right. That's right. It's going to separate. Ugh. It's going to. You're going to get one sip that's that's all eggy, and then you're going to get another sip that's Ugh. all that's all bourbony. <laughs> God. <laughs> Man, you're just you're, you're you you don't even like thinking about the. I knock. don't. I, I you know what? <laughs> I don't. I, I just hate that. When I've seen eggnog, um, not even made, but if you this is so lame. But if you look what's in there, it's really disheartening how much, like cream and fat cream is in and there. Like yeah, yeah. Who baby? <laughs> That's a lot of stuff, dude. And anything with like egg. Like yolks in it is that is that what goes on when you make your own? I don't know. I've never made my own eggnog. I've only ever I, the the only thing I I have done besides the premix is buy a carton of eggnog and then like pour in your own alcohol. Yes, but that's when you can't get the consistency right. I see, and I don't like that. Yeah, I need a good cons- I need a good solid consistency. Okay, we were at uh at Don's Depot mm. for the Haller Brothers party. They make this Christmas drink called a Grinch, mm-hmm. which is basically a peppermint white Russian, and I had one of those, and then I was like walking around kind of where our, our party was at, and one of their big kind of trash cans is sitting there, and I just like looked down in the trash can, and there were just about 25 empty cartons of half and half, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, one of these will do. Yeah. Well, just one is, right. is fine. Right, I do like a white Russian at Christmas time, too. too Why, now, I can get down with that, but again, one and a small one. Yeah, well, and here's the here is the trick for making your own white Russians at home. Don't use cream. It it's just as good with like two percent or whole milk. I see. Yeah, you don't need to go super heavy cream. Okay. It's, you get a nice lighter. You get more of the Kahlua flavor, which yeah. I like too. If we mm-hmm. if you go with a lighter milk, any other? Yeah. What what what? You, I, I know you like beers. You 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 got your Pacificos. They're on deck. But, but any Christmas beers, or you just stick with the you, Pacifico is your um, is your Christmas beer of choice. Back in the day, I would get down with some Shiner cheer. Some Shiner, sh- some Shiner, Shiner cheer. cheer, Shiner cheer, <laughs> some Shiner cheer. I like one or two of those. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Other than that, no. You know, I don't know. I would rather drink. You know, when you're having the Christmas meal and you've got the the fireplace lit, I don't really want a beer unless I'm outside, like around a pit or something. Mm-hmm. I'd rather um, some wine, which I'm really not a big wine guy either, or a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just straight up ranch water for, for your boy. <laughs> yeah. You do, are you a Christmas Eve or a Christmas morning family? Morning. Okay. Presents on Christmas morning, Correct. right? Yeah. 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 You Christmas Eve present people are weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that. I know a lot of people do that. Unless though. you have some sort of engagement the next day that you have to get going. and Right, right, right. It's like if it, it, one family has to get shifted to Christmas Eve, maybe. Right. And yeah. see, what you're doing there is you're throwing off Santa Claus's whole um, regimen. That's right. His whole schedule. That's right, yeah. You know, you're making him but I So I think that's the thought behind it, though. That's uh-huh. Is that Christmas Eve is for giving gifts to each other. Christmas morning is for Santa's gifts. <laughs> How about, sense. let's talk about gifts. Are Do you buy gifts for like whole family, whole squad? No, for my parents. For your parents? Ashley and I don't buy gifts for each other. Yeah? No. We okay. stopped that a, a couple years ago. What we do now, is, this is also very millennial of us, is we volunteer and um, do stuff in Austin. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. We give back, Barrett. You give back to the community. That's right. Don't need to give it to yourself. You give it to yourself all year. Literally, that's right. I mean, think about it. We go hard for sale season, typically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so one more gift that I buy Ashley, she's probably going to know what it is anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it comes out of the same pot. No, I'm 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 with you on that. I I think that uh Laura's been talking this week about how I'm too hard to buy for. Yeah. Which I get because uh-huh. I just I mean, I stay treating myself. Yeah. So <laughs> That's great. I have very picky taste. Uh-huh. I have very expensive taste. Yeah. So it's hard to find it's it is hard to find stuff for me. Um, and that's why it, that's like, I don't, it, I don't need to do gifts. I'm fine going giftless unless somebody, you know, unless we have like a really kind of special idea for one another. Right. Having said that, it is nice to open some presents. Absolutely. So, so we're, we're going to exchange, you know, a, a gift or two and then, uh, then I'll do a little something for the parents, but I'll, but I, I don't need to get, I, you know, I, I just like being at home really. Right. Than anything. Yeah. So we're past and I don't, that. We're past that that point. Like, and and I I had this conversation with my mom. She says, I I, t- I told her on the phone, like, we don't have to do gifts. Like, it's right, fine. We right. can just we can just hang out. She said, well, that's not fun. No, they love it. So send me send me some things. Yeah. And so I send her a list, and now I know I know exactly what she's buying. <laughs> so do I. She even asks me. She's like, oh well, okay, well, which one do you like more between the two uh, things that yeah. you you know? Right. What's your size in this? So like, okay, well, I know it's going to be under the tree, uh-huh. <laughs> but they just, they're very, you know. They, they like to give, they the, like and, to, and once you have little children, I guess we'll, we'll understand. We want to give the, yeah. the kids some gifts. Totally, totally. Uh, you have an ideal Christmas Eve or Christmas Day meal. Um, You know what I really enjoy? We don't do this like traditionally, but every once in a while is I like a Christmas Eve tamale. Uh, get some tamales. Get you know the the just the whole um, Mexican theme. I like the I like a Christmas tamale as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's there. W- that's a great thing if you have if you're going to somebody else's house yes. or you're going to a party or something and you're like ah oh, what do I what do I bring I don't know. Tam- nobody will be mad at you for showing up with tamales. Absolutely. That's- and there's always some lady within the community that makes bomb tamales. Yep. And. You'll be doing that other family a favor. Yeah, definitely. That that's I when it, yeah, it's a nice treat. Mm-hmm. I'm a prime rib guy. I like a, prime, a prime rib. Prime rib guy on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Very fancy. Give me a big ass prime rib. Okay. Medium rare, with the horseradish sauce. Uh huh. That's it. My mom does. She's an incredible cook, and she does um, green bean casserole mm-hmm. with uh, artichoke, a little bit of breading. That sounds garlic. good. Garlic. Um, let's talk Christmas movies. You watch you watch any Christmas holiday films? I mean, we've already exhausted every single Christmas. They're running on loops right now. They are. Well, tell me what you've knocked out so far. Uh, Christmas Vacation, same about three times. We've what we've done it once. Yeah. I haven't seen a Christmas Story yet, which is one of my favorites. Because they wait till they wait till Christmas Eve's and then roll into morning uh-huh. for Christmas uh, for a Christmas Story. I like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So Ross and I on uh, on oysters, clams, and cockles for a, for a, an episode that we did for Patreon yesterday. Mm-hmm. We did our top five Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and a wonderful life. It's it's it, it's a wonderful life. it's a wonderful life. I think. W- was in his top five, and we got to talking about how Christmas movies uh, they're very traditional. Like it depends on what you watch, what your family watched, what you grew up watching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've never even seen It's a Wonderful Life. Really? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. The Ross told me I should watch it. It's an easy watch. It's not very long. Yeah. 
Um, It'll get you in the mood for Christmas. My favorites, I'm going to lump these two together. I'm cheating. I'll just give you my list real quick. They're Home Alone. The Home Alones Love are my... Alone. We've done New York so far. Haven't watched number one yet. Oh, wow. But we'll get to it. Hey, spoiler alert. It's the same fucking movie. <laughs> just a different city. I generally say that two is my favorite because I love the first hour, all the New York stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. great. It takes too long to get to the hijinks at the house. Yeah. <laughs> You're like an hour 20 in when the hijinks start in, yeah. the, in the second one. Uh-huh. The first one, it's it flows a little bit better, I think. We were talking about this the other night. It is, li- I mean, when I actually had it on the second one, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, good, Home Alone." This is the first one. <laughs> They're running up and down the stairs. You know, everybody's there, going crazy, trying to get ready. Everybody looks exactly the same. The scary old person also better in the first one, right? Old man, old man Marley is is better than Crazy Pigeon. Lady. They're writing that sec that that sequel, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> we knocked it out of the park with this first one. Let's just keep. Let's it just run same. it back. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what they do. Um, other movies that made my list: Christmas Vacation. Yeah, obviously, uh, the uh, Elf. Love Elf. The We've Santa, seen that too. Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Uh huh. And um, a Christmas a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Those those are my jams. Haven't oh, we've done so? We've done Elf, Lost in uh, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, Christmas Vacation, and uh, the Santa Claus. What about all have, these? I like, have not gotten to Home Alone One or Christmas Story. The, the early two thousands, like Love Actually, and these kind of things. I saw Love Actually for the first time two years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's okay. Yeah, Ashley loves it. Yeah, Ashley is like one of those people that thinks about Christmas all year round. Yeah. And so anything, any movie that touches on it, she's all in. I, you'll notice from my top five that there are that that I don't really gravitate towards the Christmas love stories. Yeah, I gravitate more towards the Christmas family stories, mm-hmm. which literally everyone on my list is a Christmas family story. Mm-hmm. So the ones like the Holiday and Love Actually, Four Christmases, those are all like more like about like couples, yeah. about relationships. Mm-hmm. Which are fine. It's just, you know, I don't look to Christmas movies for my rom-coms, basically. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's 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 what I got. Good. Yeah. Phil, any other Christmas thoughts for me? Um, No, I hope you have a great one, though. Okay, I hope you do, too. And, and is everybody, I, you know what I love is we don't work in, well, you work in an office, but mm-hmm. has everybody started with the CNX year comments? Is that coming? E, I've started with those. I'm, yeah. I was about to say it on this podcast, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Here it is, right here. <laughs> it's on our rundown, Phil. See you uh, next We're year. not quite there yet, quite there. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Club Cool Pod on Instagram. You can follow me <laughs> at Barrett Dudley. Um, go follow the podcast. Next week, no pod. We'll do, at the very least, I'll do a Q&A. Okay. A little, you know, ask us questions and uh, about whatever. An about, evening about, at home with the Dudleys. With the, yeah. And I'll I'll text Phil anything that you want to ask ask Phil. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares to ask me anything. They do, they do. Uh, at Bear Dudley, at Pebatag, and um, go hit us up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Club Cool. We'll do a fun little editorial for you next week as well that you can uh, that you can view and look at and and get inspired on on how to um, spend that that sweet sweet Christmas cash. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, that about wraps it up for today. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah. Enjoy enjoy the family time. 
We love you. And we will see you next year. <laughs> see you next year. Oh, there we go. <laughs> He's on the roof. Welcome to the club.